0: This is The Rest Is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Vores. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest Is PR. My name, as it will always be, barring incident, is Lyle Fulton. And I am joined, as I hope I always will be, and I, I dream of always being, by the <laughs> wonderful Jackie Vores. Jackie, how are you? This fine. Friday afternoon we're back we're back on afternoons we've had a few mornings recently but we're back on afternoons and it's fantastic to be here this fine sunny by the way Friday afternoon is glorious outside how are you I'm doing
1: outside isn't it I want to be outside maybe I should move the studio outside
0: we need to do some kind of outdoor recording but I don't know how that would work I've tried it before in my previous life is that the way of putting it? my previous life as a host of another podcast uh, way back when and um, we we tried it but I mean admittedly that was at a pub which obviously necessarily had a lot of kind of strange environmental noise Um, but we should do it outside recording as we as we hit the summer months that'd be lovely but how are you doing how's your week been?
1: Oh it's been great and um, it was punctuated really beautifully by a young lady Emily Crane who's recently graduated from Newcastle University who told me that when they had a power cut there are two candles in our podcast to listen to, and they listen to three episodes back to back,
0: <laughs> Emily.
1: Yeah, thank you happy, so Emily.
0: much for just honestly having us there with you in a moment of crisis. I hope well, you were listening to, to kind of some of the more somber episodes of <laughs> crisis management and things like that. Some of the more upbeat ones, I hope. Um, <laughs> I but... said to
1: just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, all you had was us to listen <laughs>
0: to. <laughs> I love that. What's on my Spotify? Uh, what's on my what's what's on one of these platforms that I use it, there must be something that we can just listen to <laughs> to get us through this power cut the only thing that's there to be streamed is our podcast. But hey, yeah. I mean, there you go. This is great. I mean, kind of captive audience or or otherwise, we're very very grateful for people listening to the podcast. Now, yeah, I
1: think it's great. It's a bit
0: unusual this week, listeners. Actually. Do you have any stories
1: go, go, go. actually of strange circumstances where you were listening to us? Let us know, listeners. We always want to know if the if you're in the Kalahari listening to the rest of is... us.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, a tea what. This is brilliant again. Another brilliant idea from you. Get in touch with us. Like, where have you listened? When have you listened? I mean, how have you listened is, you know, by association fairly limited, although we are on all major streaming platforms. We're just going to go and put that out there once again for everyone to kind of take note of because we're really excited that that is the case. But yeah, when and where you've been listening is a really, really great call out. Um, But it's a bit unusual this week, listeners, as I was just saying, because... We've had some brilliant guests on recently. We had the fantastic Connor on last week and he was absolutely brilliant. We've had Sophia, who was just amazing. What an incredible episode that was. Andrew as well. And, you know, lest we forget, my dad was on very recently, and I've had lots <laughs> of messages.
1: get the inimitable Scott
0: Fulton. Scott Fulton, the inimitable Scott Fulton, who who tries, I might. I, I can't help but imitate at times. And I've had a lot of uh, messages from friends and family, mostly family, actually saying, yeah, I caught it, actually. And um, yeah, he was as you'd expect. But I mean, that's great. And we hope you enjoyed the episode with my dad. But it's a bit unusual this week because Jackie and I find ourselves just the Guess two of us. List. Yeah, Well,
1: it's not that we're guestless. I wanted us to have a little break between, mm. have a chat. Us too, because it was starting to get so many guests coming forward, and, and I really love it when people say, "Yeah, I would love to come on your podcast." So, just keep the requests coming. It's we're getting some fascinating stories and individuals coming our way, which uh, we really love.
0: brilliant uh, yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: But, uh, I I really do actually like just having a little chat with Lyle about what's happening in the media sometimes, and we ought to actually, I'll, Lyle, we ought to think about doing some commentary on. Other countries at some stage because we, we are a little bit xenophobic mm. but this particular episode I wanted to talk about the grand old broadcaster we talk about broadcasting quite a lot we've talked about the BBC with Gary Lineker mm. I want us to go back to ITV which is another major broadcaster in the UK and their handling of another crisis that they've been having with arguably the UK's, using arguably, which is one of Lyle's dog words, um, arguably the UK's, do you know what a dog word is, by the way?
0: I mean, I, I think I can loosely guess, but I would love a definition of it. Is it just like a key word, like a word I often use? <laughs> yeah, It's a
1: word you use constantly, and <laughs> the way it, reason it's called a dog word is um, it follows you round and messes up your speech.
0: Oh, right. I mean, arguably is 100%. Arguably
1: is definitely one of yours, yeah. along with quantum. quantum. I'm going to say it before you do today. <laughs> yeah.
0: She's done it. She's got quantum in before me, listen. It's <laughs> first. It'll rest PR first. Um, no, that's really interesting, actually. Yeah, no, I've never heard that phrase used in that way, but you're absolutely right. Arguably is arguably my dog word. It certainly is, or certainly it one is. of them.
1: And so, whenever you do any writing for me, I always know it's Lyle. Because you know, I, I I like a micromanager, which I really am not, but I like. No, to go no, but you are right.
0: Everything. I do, I do, I do write arguably a lot, and a lot. I, I've I've increasingly using the word in so far,
1: oh, as, which yeah, people can, hate. Yeah, 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 you can you can get into like you can like little words every now and again. They kind of stick with you. Anyway, so That's we're talking good. about arguably one of the biggest broadcasters in the UK, and their flagship one of their flagship daily TV programmes, which is called This Morning. Mm. We've talked about This Morning a number of times on the podcast, and we've talked about their key presenters, or their lead presenters, Holly Willoughby and Phil Schofield. And just recently, they've hit the news again after their last big scandal, which was Linegate, where Holly and Phil didn't queue up to process past the Queen when she was lying in state and got a lot of bad press for that. And they didn't handle that press very well at all. And I think now we're starting to see why they didn't handle that press very well. Because since that time, Philip Schofield's brother has been involved in some pretty horrible things and has been Mm -hmm. in court up on sexual predation charges. And I think he's been found guilty of them and sentenced thereafter, but I don't know whether the sentencing's happened yet. But anyway, Philip's brother has been found guilty of those crimes and Philip took some time off to be near his family around that time and apparently didn't tell Holly Willoughby, his on-screen wife of better want of a better description what was going on and this is interesting because up until now Phil and Holly seem to have been this sort of very unified almost one brand in themselves but they don't they do both have their own interests and their own teams and their own extracurricular jobs that they do and what's significant about this is that this feud as the newspapers have been calling it has built up because Phil hasn't told Holly about everything that was happening with his brother. My suspicion was when that excuse came out, or that reason came out, was that this goes a lot deeper than one piece of news that she he's not sharing. And certainly, my suspicions are are now really reinforced because they've actually decided to remove or Philip he says he removed himself from the program and now there is no Phil and Holly on This Morning anymore no. it's it just Holly and it reminds me a little bit of um, I don't know if anybody's seen The Morning Show on Apple TV it's yes. a really good really good drama and it reminds me a little bit when you see all the relationship plays between the lead presenters there Obviously, art is definitely mimicking life because these aren't they aren't an entity, even though they always presented themselves as one very close-knit brand or team and the face of this public broadcasting institution this morning. But it seems very much that um one of them had to go. how do, how was that summary, Lyle?
0: That was a very, very good summary. I think it was a fantastic summary. and I think it's really difficult now to kind of not talk about kind of the personal situation between them do you see what i mean it's kind Mm -hmm. of it's always been there, there was an argument that they were being very professional on screen and actually there was really nothing going on and for weeks and weeks and weeks it played out that there was nothing going on and we've since heard and there's no smoke without fire as we said before we went live we've since heard from representatives of each of them which basically just means, let's be honest, let's call the spade a spade. We've heard from them, haven't we, really? Because, I mean, they've 100% got their team, however that's made up, to go to the press, to go to the media, however you want to spin it. And we've heard from Philip Schofield that it's, I think a fortnight ago, he said it's been an incredibly difficult week for all sorts of reasons. And that was obviously very clearly relating to the situation he found himself in, not just with his brother and the ongoing court case and the, the verdict that was due to be delivered, but also getting pelters from every which way from even colleagues of his at ITV you know there were some very cryptic social media messages posted by the likes of Eamon Holmes and you know people like that who you know it's it's been very it's all been been very
1: interesting hasn't it because the the fallout that has ensued because there was a big media build-up yeah which So I'm going to approach this very much from two angles. One is from a communications angle. And the other is from how you behave at work Mm. angle. (laughs) Because, you know, we often talk about company culture. So just, just handling the media side of things. The media was in a furore while Holly and Phil were still presenting on television in front of us. Every day they were having people like body language experts coming in saying, oh, they're definitely not getting on because we can see their body language is bad." Big furore, you know, front page news practically Mm. for the whole week while they're presenting together, trying to present this united front. And then there's a further media furore when finally... Over the weekend of that one week, over the weekend, suddenly Philip's going. He's gone. Um, and that's it. You know, And they let Philip do his own Twitter post. Yeah. And they let Holly do her own Insta post. Both very interesting. Philip never mentioned Holly one bit in his. And Holly was just like, the sofa won't be the same without him, which was very cleverly and elegantly put because... That doesn't necessarily mean it's a negative thing in her eyes. No, exactly right.
0: No, it's very good. She yeah, won't be the same really without him. She won't be
1: going, yeah, yay, yeah. the soap is great yeah. without him. So I thought that was very um, interesting language that was used by her and a very noticeable lack of a mention of Holly in his goodbye. Incredible. Um, and so what ITV have done is they've left those people to make their own statements and not really done a huge amount of communication to either temper or manage the crisis that was coming, or even manage the crisis that has happened. And of course, what does the media do then? They speculate. Yeah. Or they find sources close to sources. And what i would like these broadcasters to do is just get a grip of their crisis communications
0: quite literally get a grip by the way as well i mean get a grip in the kind of colloquial sense of actually do something about it but also quite literally get a handle on these things because i mean i would be amazed by the way and this is maybe me being a bit cynical okay so i'm going to put my cynics hat on for a second I'd be amazed. And I think there's kind of an element of this in the morning show, isn't there? I think from episodes I've seen, there's an element where when things tend to kind of start playing themselves out in public, a broadcaster or a network, as it is in in the United States, has a bit of an issue and a bit of a dilemma. Because on the one hand, they have a duty of care to their employees, technically. I mean, you know, how much that is actually executed, that's a matter of some speculation and debate. But they technically have a duty of care to their employees and the people who host their television programs and also it's in the interest to certain audience demographics that the people they watch host these programs have a good relationship and are getting on but then on the flip side of that you're a tv network you're an entertainment network you're an entertainment broadcaster and people are going to watch this morning if they think they're falling out so I would be maybe this is me being cynical but I mean I don't actually think it is I'd be amazed if certain ITV TV execs weren't behind the scenes in that particularly tumultuous week going, let's leave it a bit and see see if there's well, it any certainly fire. looked
1: like that, didn't it? Yeah. It certainly came across that way, which to me is is all sorts of don't know what to do, don't know what to yeah. do, let's just let it play out, don't know what to do, we won't do anything, Crazy. let's just let it play out. And honestly, when you have this awful tide of negativity spilling out there does come a point when you've just got to go right Mm. let's execute on our plan that we have for when these situations happen Mm. and I can almost guarantee that they never had a plan for this kind of situation and if they did it was a crap plan
0: (laughs) (laughs) well this is it I mean we kind of discussed didn't we when we spoke about crisis communications and we'd obviously we've since had a big old conversation like you mentioned earlier about Gary Lineker and his situation with the BBC when we spoke about crisis communications we brought up obviously Harry and Megan and that whole fallout from the Oprah interview and their whole situation there's obviously been some developments in that regard recently as well which I'm sure we'll discuss at some point in future podcasts but an example that was brought up was Qgate Linegate, like you said earlier when they were you know kind of caught Cutting in the the queue after she sadly passed away. And, you know, a lot of people have since said, and that's kind of been brought up again, by the way. And that's another example of how ITV have really not got a handle. That's it. And so I read a piece recently, and, you know, for all I kind of criticized things like this, I was like, oh, I do, I I do want to read about it. And so I read a piece recently. I can't remember which publication it was in, but it was, it kind of tracked the breakdown almost in their relationship. And it almost started with QGate. Well, they claimed it started with Hugh Gate and the idea that like neither of them kind of backed each other up, and they should have put on a united front. But instead, they kind of did their own thing and whatever else, and and and, and however that manifested itself. But ITV is just another example of how and you can argue Phillips Schofield is this, that, and the other, and Holly Willoughby is this, that, and the other thing. But ITV have mismanaged them as much as they've mismanaged the situation.
1: Hundred percent. All
0: time in the last twelve, several times the last be twelve months. You know,
1: irrelevant who your presenter is.
0: Mm.
1: It should actually be like presenter X and presenter Y. They're our front people, they fall out. What do we do about it? How do we mitigate this situation? It should actually be completely irrelevant who they are, especially with um, a program like This Morning, which has been historically presented by duos, even married couples over the years, it is the institution. It is the brand. Yeah. And it is the program that basically says, we're a big family, we all love each other, we all get on welcoming the viewer into the family feeling and encouraging the viewer to, to deal with daily problems and talk about daily issues and trends. That is the brand. That is the that is ITV's golden child. So what the presenters do should theoretically Be completely irrelevant. Hmm. What you should be thinking about is the situations that compromise and threaten your brand. It's just the same as looking at, you know, reading The Art of War. You can read The Art of War and you can apply that to any situation. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be in a war to get any benefit out of The Art of War as a book. Yeah. Because it's strategic thinking. Mm. And this is where ITV goes horribly wrong. Mm. They do not strategically think about their crisis and and then then they all of this stuff blows out and makes everybody you know look so ridiculous and it's unnecessary
0: completely unnecessary i mean i was actually having a thought before we went live today because obviously like i've mentioned we've spoken about situations involving broadcasters certainly uk-based broadcasters throughout this podcast throughout you know episodes of the podcast in the past but i was actually having a think before we went live about the dynamics of a broadcasting entity relative to another business and by dynamics i don't mean the structure because necessarily like sort of businesses are all structured a little bit differently and they have their own unique way of doing things and mechanisms and hierarchies and what have you but the dynamics of the people the employees involved at a broadcaster relative to another organization for example i can't come up with like an example of a business so i'm just going to create a hypothetical business say you know you're a pr agency right now, a PR agency necessarily. going would
1: be a hypothetical yeah, one. Yeah, very hypothetical, but just any any PR <laughs> agency,
0: any any PR agency. But like any business, not if you're directly. a business, yeah. <laughs> if you're a if you're a business and you have employees and there's a hierarchy and there's a structure and certain employees get involved in something which kind of necessitates a crisis comm strategy being executed, the personalities involved, however egotistical or not they might be, aren't public. I kind of centric individuals more often than not I mean obviously if you if you start talking you know the quantum of CEOs and founders and these sort of celebrity businessmen then fine but in this hypothetical situation there's a crisis come strategy and he's executing and you necessarily you'll kind of pull in the if it's executed properly you necessarily all pull in the same direction your messaging is the same because those let's just say there's two individuals because we've got Holly and Phil here who are two individuals those two individuals have the same team as the business right so they everyone has the same PR team everyone has the same message and everyone moves in the same direction to try and get out of this crisis is it a bit of an issue that in this situation with a broadcaster where necessarily you've got Holly Willoughby who's a public figure and a very famous person Philip Schofield who's a public figure and a very famous person then you've got them as a duo and that breakup so that's a third thing and then you've got ITV who are this Leviathan of TV broadcasting you've got four different kind of pillars there and seemingly at one point or another at least three of the four have been pulling in different directions is that not kind of part of the problem because it's I was trying to draw parallels between that and like I just a you know a stereotypical crisis com strategy and like a kind of a, a PR business or an you know yeah. a banking business and obviously it comes with its pitfalls and its issues, but there are very specific issues in, in in the world of TV broadcasting because you're dealing with some incredibly public and famous people.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, if you go back to something you kind of originally said, Lyle, about you think they just sort of stuck their head in the sand and went, no, 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 this is going to go away. We'll get through this kind of thing. Hmm. For me, it's addressing the issue as quickly as you can it's you know speed is of essence communication of your decision making and of your plan can come a bit later but when you when you see a problem you need to meet it head on you shouldn't leave it months and months and months to eke its way out and let the rot set in and I think that's thing that's problem number one I think that's what ITV doesn't address and I think that's an issue with their talent management more than anything I think sometimes companies or production companies and broadcasters can run scared of the talent that they have fronting their programs and they don't feel like they can have brook honest conversations with with those people about yeah. what the problem is and what's happening and therefore not giving themselves an opportunity to broker a solution yeah. Now, sometimes solutions just can't happen. No. Then you make a decision. Yeah. And when you make a decision, you stick your to your decision, and you think through the consequences of that decision. You create your plan, and you execute it. When it's a crisis, it's usually because something's come up and hit you round the face. You know, you've been kipper slapped, and <laughs> you don't know what to do, and you've got to quickly handle the crisis. Now, my argument is. This never should have been a crisis for them. They should have known that this, but they did know this problem was happening. They should have addressed it, dealt with it, make a decision and let this all get sorted and actually say, we made a decision. We decided that we wanted to change things because things were going wrong. Everyone knows that things go wrong. We do not live in a perfect life. And I think that this morning and ITV like to pretend that everybody's happy in the kitchen of the, this morning, the programme. You know, we are people who understand that even broadcasters can get it wrong. Even Holly and Phil can get it wrong. Even their relationship can fall down. Mm. Deal with it. Don't just mess around. I was just about to use some more flowery language. Don't just mess around and wait for it all to go away. Don't run scared of your talent and your big stars. Make some changes, make them quickly, be decisive, make a plan and communicate it. Protect your brand. Now, a lot of people will a lot of people who've commented on this situation, celebrities, and it seemed to me that it only came to a real head when real sort of A plus stars were saying. I'm not going anywhere near that programme until this is sorted out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we've got to do something because yeah. we're never going to get any good guests. We're never going to get any proper celebrities because for want of a better word, there's a lot of mucky stuff floating around Phil Schofield, like the little, the little um, crowd of flies floating around that character in Snoopy. Linus, I think it was. I don't know. You know, these... <laughs> (laughs) That's the muck. The mucky stuff is floating around Phil Schofield. There's not one person of any repute that's actually stepped out and said, I support him. No. I can't believe he's gone. There's been a huge silence because industry wide known, Philip Schofield used to have a lot of power. And how he used that power has been brought into question. Now, I'm not one to go around bashing personalities. No, and of course not. You know, raking up the reasons why people aren't doing it. But what I'm saying is ITV should have read the tea leaves a lot, or, or the production company that creates this morning, yes. should have read the tea leaves and dealt with this a lot earlier than they did. Because yes. it's just ended up in one big, horrible, stinky pie and left everybody with a bit of distaste in their mouths.
0: And the thing is, is that, I mean, ultimately, this is, by and large, APR and Communications podcast. And we've been absolutely thrilled at the fact that, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast as well, not only have we been delighted and thrilled that we're telling other people's stories and branching out in terms of what the podcast discusses, we're also really excited to discuss... More stories and branch out even further with the podcast, but you know, I'm I'm with you. Like every now and again, it's really great to kind of get down to the nitty gritty of like communications, right? And like that industry. And there has been a significant lack of that word. There has been a significant lack of communication. I wouldn't even stop short by saying there's been a lack of communication to us, the viewing public. I don't even think there's been a huge amount. It doesn't strike me that there's been a huge amount of communication internally either. I don't get the sense watching them before he did leave they've been sat down in a room for the proverbial clear the air talks in inverted commas i don't think they got at either side of a table and were like right let's thrash this out i don't think itv did that or if they did it didn't work very well did they didn't execute it properly they didn't execute their message and i think you're right as well i mean i'm not going to either go in on philip Schofield or defend him but in one sense i'll kind of go part of the way to defending him in, in this particular kind of technical situation which is everybody's
1: that he person, you know everybody's. He should got- never have had everybody's to have been the one to jump every story aren't there
0: yeah you know he should never have had to have been the one I mean if it's true what he says and he decided to leave and again you know we can speculate and but he's basically gone on record as saying he decided to leave if we take that as red, and I'm not saying for a second that we're going to but just hypothetically if we take that as red, that he was the one who decided to go he should never have been the one who decided to go there should have been you know a decisive. Action, That's a really good point. Taken, you know
1: I, th- I feel that they gave him that as a get out maybe I think they you know they said listen you know you're going but you can say whatever you like to say yeah. like I resigned and everything else I think they gave him that to help him preserve his dignity I'd much rather he did a Piers Morgan and said they sacked me because they didn't like me anymore and yeah. that, you know, there's there's a lot of people that don't like Piers Morgan and I'm not Or saying- Gary Lineker, by the way,
0: and and, yeah. and publicly go against what the yeah. what the kind of front facing statement was by the broadcaster because BBC basically didn't you remember BBC said Gary Lineker, you know, after conversations with the BBC has decided it wouldn't be right for him to host match of the day this weekend and then his people released the statement saying, We've never had that conversation, they've taken me off it. I mean, yeah. you know, you'd rather let's, take control of your just own destiny. Be honest. Yeah, you know, and be yeah, and I think you know,
1: that again, that kind of like it reeked a bit, didn't it? It yeah. reeked of, you know, you've you've been told to go, but, you know, pat you on the back, go on, you can say that you decided to go. It's just like, just be honest, just say we decided that this partnership has come to its final course yeah. and they should have done that ages ago. And in fact, quite interestingly, you know, why they retained Holly Willoughby, it will be interesting to see. You know, Mm. why did they choose one over the other? You know, if the partnership's not working, the partnership's not working. So, you know, that's interesting as well. I want to move on a little bit to talking about protecting your own personal brand. Good idea, yeah. Because let's look at these poor people now. You know, they've both gone through an awful lot of introspection as presenters, as public profiled people. They've both got their own perspective, and they've got their own brands, multi-million pound brands to preserve. And I think just looking at that as an exercise will be a useful one for us, because you look at some people in the public gaze, and they they hold their brand really, really well, their own personal brand. Gary Lineker is one that you can say wholeheartedly, I really love to say that that man has stood by his own personal brand and defended him and spoken himself and then spoken with truth and honesty and transparency and authenticity. And when something bad happened to him, how many people did you see come out in support of him?
0: Wow, I mean, tons. The
1: whole sporting yeah. world
0: the, 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 and the whole
1: presenting book. world.
0: The whole phone book got, got involved, in not right. And the BBC couldn't get hold of anybody. Yeah, you're so right.
1: Yeah, so you can take from that what you will. But how many people have you seen come out in support of Philip Schofield, of Holly Willoughby?
0: Well, actually, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think all the attention has been on on the fact that, A, nobody's come out in support of Philip Schofield, but, B, some have even come out
1: I haven't seen much support of her either.
0: Not an awful lot for her and either. And I
1: have <laughs> Eamon Holmes, who makes me laugh, who um, everyone is a presenter. He's an ex-presenter of this morning, funnily yeah. enough. And he's now a presenter on GB News. And he said they were both welcome to each other because they were both backbiting snits.
0: <laughs> I had not read that, but I remember someone had mentioned to me that he had gone in a bit. Yeah. And he said yeah. that
1: she was just as culpable as Philip Schofield. Oh, that you know they were they, they that she used Philip Schofield to get to the position she's in today, and she mm. was a backbiter. And that Philip Schofield was the same. So it's really, really interesting to see that if you juxtapose those two crises next to each other. Now, why is that happening? And this is something for everybody. I'm not saying just TV stars need to know about this. Yeah. You heard the phrase, you know, watch who you do badly on your way up because they may well be there on your way down to push you further down. You know, treat everybody in your business the way you want to be treated yourself now, tomorrow, and forevermore. You know, you can expect people to treat you the way you treat them. And what I'm seeing, what I'm surmising, and what I'm speculating on is that basically not many friends were made on certain people's rise to the top. No. And so now when they're falling down, there's nobody there to catch them.
0: No love lost. It's
1: quite a sad thing, really.
0: It is very sad. I think
1: there's a salutary lesson to learn.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I also think as well, I mean, you're talking about public brand, right? And like how, how, mm-hmm. how you protect yourself and how you protect your own brand. I mean, clearly, they have teams around them, right? And I think Philip Gofield possibly more than Holly Willoughby, because like you say, there is this kind oh, of... No. Muck.
1: she's yeah no she's, she's really armed to the nines is she all right
0: but there's yeah, this yeah, muck yeah. around Schofield isn't there and obviously this whole thing with his brother he obviously doesn't help things and quite rightly like justice serves with when it comes to his brother and, and and the things he's done but you know you'd think that when it came to brand protection you know the ascent is obviously you know I think they, there's there's a saying in showbiz that I'm going to absolutely butcher here but it's like you know you got to you've got to enjoy the highs and you've got to enjoy the rise because the lows will come at you fast and then they yeah. and then sometimes they just don't end kind of thing and you know you necessarily surely we talked about ITV not executing on their crisis management plan I mean these these individuals will have teams who will also have their own kind of executive profiling yeah, crisis management
1: teams haven't we yeah about Harry and Megan's teams yeah these teams that they have just blow wind up their asses and keep telling them how wonderful they are and how right they are and you know they only employ yes men mm. they don't employ people that are going to go hang on a minute mate are you serious about handling this right they just don't they just don't do that in the showbiz world yeah you know, and they, these they, ideas they, they have, they have. hangers on and you yeah. know
0: the ideas they have to kind of try and curb the the downfall they just kind of let them go, right, well, yeah, however you want to deal with it, well, you know, I'd be amazed if there are people behind the scenes going, oh, maybe Holly, we shouldn't put this statement out about the fact that you were uh, miffed that Phil wasn't transparent with you. Like, maybe we shouldn't do that. Is that not a bit, you know, incendiary? You no, know, I'd be amazed if they turn around and go, no, no, no. I, what I imagine has happened is they all got in a room together, wherever they may have been, and Holly's gone, I was miffed. And I think we should tell the press that I was miffed. And her team have just gone, yeah, cool, fine. I mean, it just fed the fire. You know, and it doesn't, what's intriguing here is that actually, you know, for all you said, and I agree with you, that there shouldn't have been a crisis made of this, that it should have just been curtailed early doors. Now there has been a crisis. It should be crisis over, but it's still not. Like that that because no, yes, is...
1: they've not because no decision was made no plan was made no plan has been executed no kpis were set nobody can measure anything nobody can say okay we did that communication was it a success or was it not no. there was no communication there was nothing planned for there was nothing done they can't even put a, a stake in the ground and measure something whether it was successful or not and that's what people always miss with crisis communications or with handling a crisis You need to set your metrics because you can only learn from your mistakes in the middle of a crisis when a crisis is happening or has happened or is ongoing. You know, if you can't assess it as it's going along, how are you going to handle it properly? You need to be able to set your success metrics.
0: That's it. You're hundred percent. I don't think I watched Holly do her first one without him, but one imagines there was some sort of mention of the fact that, you know, Oh Oh, no!
1: There was she hasn't been back. I don't think they did one with. Oh, there we go. (laughs) No, there's been a meme that's just come out which I saw today, which I will forward to you. Which is it's not it's like a video meme, and it is. I'll tell you about it later, but it's hilarious. No, they had, um, they had two two of the other hosts come on and say, um, as you probably heard over the weekend, Phil's not with us anymore, showed a few kind of like small pictures of him and said, you know, he was uh, he was with us for nearly 20 years, you know, and uh, we'd like to thank him and say goodbye. And it was like 30 wow. seconds and then on to the rest of the programming.
0: I mean, again, does this not speak volumes though? Because, I mean, even, despite how you might personally feel, longevity in particularly in that industry is
1: just so it shows how cutthroat things are as well yeah
0: I mean it's extraordinary, but again like that's that's a huge in my this is just my opinion there's nothing proficiency wise and, and in terms of my own technical ability as a PR professional that you know makes this kind of the truth or fact this is entirely opinion right that's been mismanaged as well horribly like kind of tributes to him by the broadcaster if you're personally not a fan. Like Holly Willoughby seemingly isn't anymore, and Eamon Holmes clearly isn't, right? If you're not a fan, then fine, do your tributes how you want to, however small, how, however short, however long, fine. But the network that has been a home for him for how many years, doing something that small again, speaks volumes. Like actions speak far louder than words. Like again, an audience is going to go, wow, that's a bit short. I mean, I suppose they couldn't have won, really, could they? Because if they'd have done a no, super long ten at by minutes, that
1: stage, they've dug yeah. their own hole. And they're just, yeah. by the stage of, like, saying he's not coming back on live TV, they've dug their own hole already. There's not much else they could do than just a quick bye. You know, I, I couldn't have come up with any other solution than that, to
0: be honest. <laughs> well, this is what if, my, if my question was going to be This is my question actually. My question is going to be to you as we finish this this kind of Holly and Phil the Fallout episode, which I've loved. My question is going to be to you, like kind of how do they not not necessarily Holly and Phil, although you can include that, but how do ITV move forward here? I mean, they've they've got they've still got Holly, so they're going to have to put her with someone, and they're going to have to basically form a new duo unless they decide to do kind of like a guest host alongside Holly Willoughby and like. Basically, just make a decision, which, as we've said already in this podcast, they're not terribly good at doing, whereby they kind of go, right, we're going to anchor everything around Holly Willoughby. Like she's going to be the one we kind of nail our colors to the mast, and it's going to be Holly Willoughby. And then they're going to be guests, Alison Hammond, whoever else it may be, kind of come and join her. What's the play now? I mean, how, or what would your advice be what in terms I, of how to play what it?
1: What I think they should do, or the production company that is actually behind this morning should do, is take a step back. Take a look at what has just gone on and have a real sort of time of of assessment and analysis of how they could have done it better and what they can learn from this situation. Because there is at least that that they can take from this. They can take some learnings and then they might, if they're really, really lucky, start thinking about how they would handle it if something like this happened again. And then if they're great, they'll put together a little plan of action that they kind of say, okay, these are our rules. These are our parameters. These are the things that we, you know, that we want to be doing. And you know what, when I say a plan, I don't mean some kind of like dusty tome that get put away in a box or filed on Dropbox or whatever. What I mean is just like, here are our Basics. These are our bullet points. This is what we stand by. This is what we're supposed to do with our mission and our values and our vision and everything else that we've hopefully done correctly for this brand. Um, so, you know, my 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 advice to them right now would be to do a full and thorough assessment of what worked, what didn't work. And my final thought is, if that rot had set into that barrel, surely that other apple has got a few bruises on it as well. And maybe it's time to get some, a new barrel of apples in. And just if you're going to get rid of the old, I would say Holly would have to go. In my, if it was me, I'd be like, OK, that partnership was that partnership move it on, let them go off and do their other TV shows, which they've both got independent teams behind them. They they both have, uh, Holly Willoughby's got things that she's got going on. Philip Schofield's got programmes that he fronts. Let them part, do their thing, and we will focus on our family of presenters, our new people coming in, and we will actually take the news agenda and wrap it around something that's more exciting about new presenters that are coming in, the new face of this morning, the new things we're gonna be discussing, that more appealing to a new, younger audience. Because as you said, quite rightly, Philip Schofield's a man of some age, like me, right? He doesn't necessarily identify with your generation Zs coming through. So bring in the younger presenters, have some fun with it. And maybe if you're, you know, this morning on ITV, just say, okay, that was a really awful situation, but we've really learned from it. And maybe we should really start planning on presenter management and how we're going to rotate presenters and how we're going to, you know, engage the country with a lot more people, not just let these two bits of talent dominate everything about a program because it was the program that propelled yeah, them. The not them. the other way around.
0: You're so right. You're absolutely right. And I think my my final few uh, closing thoughts are, credibility wise, I think if I was in Holly Willoughby's position, I'd I'd probably walk too, and I'd just be like, look, you know, fresh start, clean slate. But that's just me, and it's kind of a bit yeah. muddy that she's kind of gone on record in the past. Again, I don't want to say this is factually accurate. I'd need to go away and check it, but I believe. However, kind of flippantly, she said, "Oh yeah, we'll always be a duo." And then it was only recently when things started to gather pace in terms of tensions between them that she was like, "Oh no, I think I... she released via her representatives to the press, so oh, I'd be prepared to stay on if Phil did leave." Um, and it's just a bit uh, all a bit muddy. Um, but obviously, my my fully closing thoughts of this listeners: there are very open chains of communication between uh, your glorious hosts of the Rest of PR. Right, this is this <laughs> is not going to happen here, right? Okay, the the, the Holly and Phil <laughs> podcast universe. Uh, things are going from strength to strength <laughs> this gang. And actually, that leads me on to my final thought, which is the ITV exec. It may Maybe, like, if you're listening, we're free. But the <laughs> dynamic's great. We can do it. We've got a great thing going. I mean, we've not done an awful lot of screen stuff, but our podcast is on YouTube. And I feel like it goes pretty well. Get us in for a screen test. We can yeah, make we'll it work.
1: No Yeah, worries. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I'd love to meet Gino De Campo. I think he's great. I think he's super funny. I'd love to meet Gino. Um, I've listen, met stay- Gino twice. Don't tell me you've met Gino DeCampo. You've just met everybody. It's so amazing, obviously, but don't tell me that because I'm super jealous. This is where <laughs> Holly and Phil version two is happening right before your very eyes over Gino De Camper, all people, Listeners, thank you so much for joining us on the most recent episode. This episode, the Holly and Phil full episode of The Rest is PR. As ever, a few T's and C's before we let you go. If you would like to get in touch with the podcast to you know, suggest a topic for us to discuss, you know, more things like Holly and Phil, if you want to get in touch with us, about where you've been listening and kind of unusual situations you found yourselves in when you've been listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear those. Then you can email us info at the rest is PR.com. And you can also go to the rest is PR.com to see what we've been up to with the podcast. You can also email us infodemozo.com. And obviously, you can get in touch via that channel and you can go and see what Demozo have been up to at demozo.com. You can message Jackie or myself via LinkedIn, Jackie Vores, Lyle Fulton. And you can also follow us at the rest is PR, Capital T, capital R, capital I, capital PR. It really is as simple as that we've got more guests coming up now Jackie which is great we've had a little kind of nirvana in the middle not a nirvana because it's been great to have these guests but we've had a kind of a communications kind of just as a duo chat which I think was nice actually given that we were talking yeah, about I another like duo Excellent. well listeners thank you so much for joining us on the latest episode of The Rest is PR we will see you next week but for the time being from Jackie and myself it's bye for now